I was yawning. Hello. How are you doing? Okay. How are you? Same. <laughs> I'm dehydrated. Always. With the, with the world or with this country. At yeah. Least. I missed what happened. I haven't been like online at all today. I'm, are we not impeaching him? Is that what's happening? Well, no, we will. We will impeach him because we have Democrats have enough votes in the House. Mm. But I was just listening to each like House member gets to speak, ew, if they want and um, or if they're given time to, and like I listening to Republicans talk makes me feel like I am someone is pulling my brain out through my ears, like slipping yeah. it through a straw. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Because it's just, it's frustrating because they're all saying, um, this is something, this is so unprecedented that, you know, people did this to the Capitol. And I think that violence from both sides should be treated Mm -hmm. the same, but (laughs) I'm not going to vote. I'm going to vote no on impeachment, which is like, they, they're all, they all just have worms in their head i don't they do i don't understand this weird cult like loyalty to the party well because they because there's a large amount of republicans who voted for trump and who consider themselves trump supporters and who will not re-elect republicans if they know that they have slighted trump in some way and so Mm. the lust for power that republicans have in order to maintain their white supremacy white supremacy makes them literally break their backs and and forego all moral courage the remaining that they had as a republican already in support of him so that they can be reelected thank you for explaining that to me because i'm really dumb when it comes to how these things work oh yeah it's all about re-election it's all about um for at least for Ted Cruz, who's a Texas senator, and um, Senator Hawley, who I think is Colorado, mm-hmm. potential. I don't remember. Um, he's the one who like incited all of the the um, terrorist attack at the Capitol. Oh, right. um, people are suggesting that they might want to run for president, and so that's especially why they oh. are just like standing in front of all of these knives being thrown at a man who will literally not probably not even support them if they were to run for president like donald trump does not give a shit he has two brain cells like it's just they're all they're all so dumb i that's insane who's that little penis man that kate mccannon plays on snl sometimes that has um, jeff sessions no 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 not that one the he's bald and she plays a sen. She plays a bald senator. Yeah, he's, Republican she's kind senator. of like this. Old. She plays him. Lindsay, no. Yes, 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 no, yes, yes. Lindsay, Lindsay Graham. Lindsay Graham. Yeah. I just want. She's for the, played him. Yeah. For the record, Emily understood that because I just like made my neck disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsey Graham had a stroke on the floor of Congress the other night. I don't know. It was the wildest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> seriously he was like he was like sweating and he was 100% spitting everywhere (laughs) I don't you know what like I used to think the people that thought people in the government were lizard people were insane but now I'm thinking I understand where they come from like you know that um you know that you know that tiktok sound of um is it like tonight uh we are young or whatever that song 
but it's backwards so like none of the words are actually words it's like <laughs> that's what Lindsey graham sounded like I'll try to find it for you. <laughs> you know, like how sounds songs yes. sound when they're being played backwards. Yeah, like nothing. Yeah, yeah. That's no, but you know they have that like. Yeah, <laughs> like from SpongeBob. Listeners, <laughs> listeners not in the united fucking states like we just have to laugh or we'll cry that's kind of where we're at uh, pretty much and i'm sure they're in the exact same most most of them are in the exact same yeah. position because uh <laughs> there are idiots everywhere isn't that what you know what that's what's fun about idiots they're universal <laughs> they're everywhere <laughs> i feel like they're like not in the netherlands like i know i'm wrong about that like i know that's not true but i just feel totally. like but the Netherlands, I think, uh, they haven't allowed as many idiots to inform legislation. Mm. Yep. So I That's think the you're ticket. right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. All right. We have some um, fun little questions for you today. So which one would you like to do first? Why don't we do um, one at a time and then we can, it'll be exciting because like, okay. what's the second one going to be? Okay. Let's- so that is, <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Do you have any tips on how to not feel terrified when walking alone in the dark? These past weeks, I've realized that I'm going out less and less if it's dark, and I really hate that. That's exactly the one I wanted to do first. Perfect. Wow, look at that. All right, here we go. Look at us, Paul Rudd. (laughs) (laughs) Insert Paul Rudd meme. I First of all, yeah, I mean, the instinctive advice to give is just that you shouldn't walk alone at night because that is the safest option as um anybody but a cis man um especially specifically yeah yeah especially um um, if you are in a not highly populated area yeah because like when i was living in new york like i definitely walked alone at night often but i wasn't alone yeah because there were so many people around but yeah when i was in la it definitely seemed weirdly safer to walk by myself at night in the city because it's, it's well lit there are people around like you're not isolated in any kind of part because cities are safer than suburbs did you know that no i didn't know that but that makes sense because not to get too on off topic, but because suburbs, like it's easier to commit crimes because there's so few people around. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's where my biggest traumas have taken place are in suburbs. So in suburbia, that, that makes sense. sense. <laughs> Historically, that even makes sense for women. I fucking hate suburbia. Like I cannot wait to get the fuck out of here in a new city. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyways. <laughs> anyways, anyways, um, if you live in suburbia, I'm. I, no, I'm not sorry. <laughs> no, like we're sorry for that you. Sorry for you. We're sorry for you. Yeah. Um, but so growing up in, I grew up in an isolated area, which is where I am currently. And um, my mom has taught women's self-defense classes since, um, we love Sheree, since she was, since I was young, like since before I was born. And so I grew up sitting in those classes. And so um, I feel oddly very safe and secure when I'm out and about in public at night, even out here. Um, 
just because I feel like I have a sense of awareness and protection and like I would have some semblance of an idea of what to do if I was in a situation, not necessarily that I would be like foolproof safe because I'm mm. like not large man, yep, medium-sized woman. So <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say too, I was very, I, I was um, privileged enough to be able to watch one of Stevie's mom's uh, self-defense videos that she made in the 90s wow honestly we could even link that if we were feeling it like i'll think on it later but i was gonna say only if you wanted to but even me like i'll just hype it up you don't even need to see it like holy shit what's so funny about this video is that well because my mom i can say this because she's talked about this publicly often um but my mom was attacked when she was 23 in her home at gunpoint and so she became a third degree black belt and worked and taught women self-defense and even worked as a security guard for some time um legend legend yeah living legend seriously like totally reclaimed her power by educating herself and arming her body physically like um i would i feel so safe with her in public and she's five five and fucking (laughs) tiny like she's just like a little strong like firecracker that could kick anyone's ass truly um But what's funny about this video is that it's my my dad plays the attacker in the simulation. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, there's my parent. <laughs> the home videos. Oh, these, that's literally my only home video. <laughs> anyway. Um, Just like Julian turns on the X-Files when she was pregnant with Piper and is like, look, these look. are the only moments we have together from her childhood. <laughs> look, I'm investigating a fluke worm. There's you. <laughs> look at being shoved in a truck there you are that's sick um it was sickening but so um my mom she did something called Sten and run which was like a video series about like just women's self-defense and things like that and so i was sitting in these classes since i was a kid and there's a lot of like the basic tips that we like most especially women already know, like holding your keys between your knuckles or um, like making sure that if you can have someone walk with you, do, but like maybe being aware of your surroundings, not texting when you're walking by yourself in parking lots and things and like being aware. But a big one that I think of a lot is when that kind of goes against instinct is that if I'm by myself at night and I see a creepy man staring at me or just like any man looking at me, I make really intense eye contact with them. Like, yeah, I like I love that tip. The instinct is definitely to look away and to not seem argumentative. But if you make eye contact with them for almost an uncomfortable amount of time to let you know, hey, I see you, there's a statistic. I don't remember the exact number, but it's something upwards of 90% of attackers will they don't want a challenge. They they yeah. want somebody that will submit and go easily, especially when if someone's trying to take you in public or do something to you in a public setting like they want it's also then like then you are making it very very clear that you are taking a mental image of every part of them exactly and you're being like hey i see you like i see you and that um i've intimidated men so much larger than me from looking away from me just by doing that and um just by really letting them know and i have been out with friends before they're like see why are you looking at that guy and i'm like just to let him know that i fucking see him yeah when i'm walking to my car at night i'm like just like fucking primal yeah it's like i don't it's uh i mean that's just a whole other issue but it's like how fucking animalistic is it that like that is the way but that's how you have to treat men yeah exactly act like that like 
And it's like doing a lot of things that might make you feel like you're paranoid, like look checking behind you often and like always looking around. And it's like a big thing to not be walking with your headphones in and to not be on your phone when you're walking by yourself, like really be present in where you are and taking account of your surroundings. It helps me feel more grounded. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's like, I don't know if you want to get into like basic self-defense things. If like someone was to grab you, like things that you could do to um, like small moves and things. I don't know how. I don't know if like, because for me, knowing certain things helps me feel safer. Like that's I mean, like, are there like resources that we can like? Yeah. Oh no, there's definitely resources. Like for visuals? Yeah. We can post a few things that I think help. Like for me, because that's kind of how my brain works is just knowing that I have some semblance of preparation if something were to happen. Yeah, Um, definitely. But truly, I think the biggest tip is just to avoid walking in secluded areas alone at night, which like isn't fair, obviously. Like you should be able to exist in any space without um, feeling like you're going to be in danger, but that's not the world we live in. And so it's just taking the most precautions. And like, if you're near a city and you like being out at night by yourself, like definitely go walk in a populated, well-lit area. I agree with everything Stevie just said. Um, Another thing is, is that um, weirdly walking at like, um, like what's up, dawn? Like, it's not the opposite of dusk. That's dawn, right? <laughs> when the sun mm-hmm. is starting to rise. That's actually mm-hmm. when most attacks and kidnappings happen is between 5 really? and 7.30 in the morning. Mm. So Interesting. Weirdly, that is statistically a more dangerous time to walk than at night. So Interesting. Fun fact. So you might, like, statistically, you're a little bit safer at night. Like, if you're going out at around, like, late at night might be worse, but, like, 7 to 8, like, when there's still people out and about, I think that's the key is finding times when um, – people are awakened in their homes and people are kind of out and about, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that, any of that made any sense. Maybe I should have written stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. That was like actually perfect. That was so perfect. Cause I think a lot of the times like this can be very overwhelming and that was 100% very digestible and very perfect. Okay, cool. Um, and two, like, I just wanted to say the, the thing that made me think of this question was on Twitter the other day, this girl posted screenshots of um, a text that she got from a delivery person after they dropped off her food. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but basically the girl um, had been ordering food from this restaurant like a lot. <laughs> and so when the delivery, per- and I think it must've been like a small a small place like with their own delivery people mm-hmm. when the guy showed up to drop off her food he was like oh like you've you've been ordering from us so much like thank you so thank you because obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. and the the woman was and the woman said i know but i have to be careful because like i'm gonna i'm eating so much of you i'm gonna get fat which is like an issue in and of itself yeah. but But so she said that to him. And then I guess he texted her after he had left and was like, I just wanted to make sure that you're okay. Like you're not, you're not fat. And again, which is like a whole other issue, but it's like, (laughs) but, but for this discussion, and then I think that was it. He was just like, you know, nothing's wrong with you. Right. Again. Right, right, right. Not that being fat would mean that something's wrong with you, but he's saying that like order as much food as you can, as you want, you're fine. Exactly. Um, So she posted those screenshots and then her, and then she, and then like went viral. And so she responded as people usually do, because they usually have to like, you know, defend something that they said or come at people respond, people's responses. 
And she said, I just wanted to share like a happy moment between like, like a pure moment between two people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, like, that's so weird. I wonder why people would be saying something about that interaction. Right. And then all these women and the responses were like, if my delivery man texted me that asking something like that after he had already left my house and something that had nothing to do with my food, I would be very creeped out. Mm. And then I was like, wait a second, you're right. Yeah. And then another woman was like, that's happened to me before. And I've tried to um, take it as like a compliment. I've tried to take it as just a genuine person being genuine. Right. But then I had to remember that like this man has my address and knows where I live. Yeah. And that's a fair point. Right. And I've definitely hesitated like ordering things here because like I'm really sketched out about a man bringing food to my home where I live alone. Yeah. Like, and it just kind of made me think like, of course, then there were men in the comments and the replies being like, you can't like nothing is pure anymore like no one can have a good thing anymore blah 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 blah. and it made me think about the fact that it's like women ruin and this is what I wrote down I I wrote women ruin everything or people the concept of like women ruin everything even when it's even like a simple act of kindness it just made me think about the fact that it's like women have we have to suck the fun out of everything for sheer protection yeah to protect ourselves Mm -hmm like a nice message like that for our safety initially at least Mm -hmm. can't be naively interpreted as a nice message exactly it's because like our safety has to come first and that means expecting the worst before you can surrender to moments of joy yeah exactly like Like, because i totally understand the impetus to want to go out at night and just like enjoy nature and like feel happy but you have to expect that the worst is going to happen because that's where we that's the world that we live in that's the reality Exactly. And so I think it's just like in order to still enjoy moments like that, it's like arming yourself with all of the knowledge and protection that you possibly can so that you can still enjoy these things to the most extent that's possible. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Because it's like I definitely go out every time I go to the grocery store, I'm aware that it's a possibility that I could be followed. Like every time I go to the grocery store and that seems like a depressing mindset to constantly be in, but because I've trained myself to always, it's only because I grew up with it. Like that's, um, well, and it's all, well, it's just like, but it's also just like growing up and living in a world as someone who's vulnerable. Yeah. And, and I think like too, because you were with me, well, not with me, but you witnessed the aftermath of when I thought I got, I was followed home and my dad's response to it when I told him and just how he said that um, when I told him that I was nervous because like for one time, like the one time I was just like not paying attention, Mm -hmm. some man like stared me down in the store and like waited for me to leave. And I saw that, but then, like, as I was pulling out, I, like, didn't really pay attention to, like, if there was someone following me. Like, Mm -hmm. I just – which is stupid of me. But that's not the point. But it was – I know, but that's not the point. But when I told my dad that, 
he was like, um, no, like that's ridiculous. No one's following you. Like that didn't happen. And that, that and I was like, how can you say that? You can't say that because it, it, it happened. It does happen. It has happened. It does happen. That's the like, yeah. And it's like, and so it's, it's so with people who have the mindset of my dad mm -hmm. and people who have the mindset of people who commit crimes and acts of assault, like because of those people, they enable each other. you just you just have to expect the worst and you have to take the precautions that you need to feel safe and that's like in every situation like yeah. never you know you got to put your oxygen mask on before you put somebody else's <laughs> it's on it's so true and that that metaphor applies to most things yeah like and i know like talking to my mom about cuz she's very open about her experience and has used it and shared it with many women and like it's been a big part of her life and i really admire that because my experience was very different than hers, but like mine, I didn't share for years. Yeah. <clears throat> and even still, I don't in detail. And she did from like the moment that it happened was like, no, yeah. I'm not going to shut the fuck up about this. And I admire that a lot. Um, that's not necessary. Everybody comes to that in their own time. But um, if they even come to that, yeah, I, yeah. I still admire you oh, as much as I admire Cherie. Thanks. As much as I admire every single woman. So because my mom was so open with that always, um, it's been something that's luckily ingrained in me from a very young age that like this is a possibility and it's one that you take seriously. And so mm -hmm. that is the one area of my life that I don't gaslight myself when I'm feeling a certain way. <laughs> every <Right>. other area. <laughs> Another we're, issue. We're working on it. Working on it. <laughs> but on in it. that sense, and so like when you called me and you're like, I feel like this happened, I was like, no, take it seriously. Like- there's no yeah. reason not to like any issue, anything that you're feeling about that you live in a world where your existence put you, puts you at risk. So mm -hmm. it's important to invalidate every feeling you have around that. If you're feeling unsettled somewhere, trust that and do what you can to get to safety. And luckily I was just looking on because of my experience with that fucking guy that I talked about last episode on Tinder. Um, they have like a whole like FAQ section that has like yeah. oh we were on FaceTime when I saw that that has like yeah. resources and like an option for a panic button and like things like that so like that's cool to see that that like, was so unexpected yeah I did not expect that at all on there so that was why that's cool to seeing that become like um public support in that realm but like it unfortunately mm -hmm. doesn't come even from people like your family members like your dad like so you really have to work on validating every every feeling that you have even if it seems the yeah. most ridiculous, like even if somebody looked at you for five seconds in a store and you're like, that made me feel unsettled, fucking trust that. Why yeah. It's better safe than sorry. Mm -hmm. Always. I, this got off topic from walking alone at night, but. <laughs> no, but it's all helpful, I think. And it's like, ultimately, it's exactly what you said, Stevie. It's like, don't walk alone at night. If if we didn't if we didn't have a conversation around that and I, we just saw that question, that would just be my response. Yeah. Like, if you have a choice, if you have the option to, don't walk alone at night. And yeah, that fucking sucks. But like, unfortunately, a lot of the times we're forced to build our life around what will be safest for us, mm -hmm. even if that means sacrificing something that we want to do. Exactly. Like the amount of times when I lived in, even when I lived in New York, if I was going past like a less populated area or if, and I, I saw someone following me, the amount of times I had, I went around in circles, just around the same block because I didn't want to 
have this man follow me home. Mm-hmm. The amount of times I went into um, ho- uh, hotels with lobbies or apartment buildings with lobbies where there was a doorman mm-hmm. and have just had to tell the dude, like, I don't live here, but <laughs> like this yeah. man is being super sus. So can I just stay here for a second? Like, even though maybe I wanted to walk a certain way home. Like, it's like, unfortunately, there are things that like we have to sacrifice in order to prioritize our safety. Yeah. And I think that it's finding a really good balance because it definitely, you can go into the realm where it's debilitating and then you can't live your life at all. And you don't want that to happen because I know like when my mom first had her experience, she was sleeping with a gun under her pillow. Like she, and like she pulled one on her fiance because she didn't know how to, because you're violating your own home like that. Like what else do you do? But, um, And it's, and so her way of reclaiming that kind of power was through like martial arts training and things like that. Um, And so it's finding what you can do to reek, to feel powerful in your body and in your being. It's like doing things that make you feel powerful and make you feel like you can hold your own while also um, making sure that you're validating your gut and making logical choices is I think the, the balance to find that way. It's not inhibiting your life, but you're still being smart. And it shouldn't be on you to have to make those decisions, but that's the reality. Like, I think it's really funny. This is the last thing I'll say, but I think it's really funny every time I've always seen them on Twitter where people are like, if you were, if you were, if you're a woman and you were a man for a day, what would you do? And then like the opposite. Mm -hmm. And for women, it's always like, I would literally go for a run at night. Yeah. With both headphones. With my headphones in. Yeah. And it's just so it's just so telling and so i would say also like along with what stevie said just supplementing that like find the joy that maybe this is like so the person who asked this like enjoys walking mm-hmm. at night like because they just like i would say supplement um that joy with like joys in other areas of your life so that you are not allowing this fucking annoying ass predatory patriarchy to um to get you mm-hmm. down too exactly. much exactly that's a good note to end on. Okay. So the next question was, hi loves excited for an episode where you talk more about STIs. I find it hard in women love women dating because I found most women just don't use protection and it gets awkward if you bring it up. Have you got any thoughts or ideas about the situation? We do listener. Yes. (laughs) Um, I can start if you want. Go for it. Just like a couple of things, you're absolutely correct. Um, in um, women, love women, queer relationships, interactions, whatever, partnerships, it's like nearly unheard of to use protection or like even have it be like a part of the conversation, which like unfortunately, one, shows how centered sex is around penetration via in this case the prevention of pregnancy and not simply like the health of two people or more um because when there's no chance of pregnancy like we don't seem to be interested in investing in people's health and then like two it just shows obviously how horrible our sex education is just in general but like Mm -hmm. particularly when it comes to lgbtq plus um sex education because like it's horrible in general, but then the fact that like women don't even know what options they have for protecting themselves against something that can be very serious is like, yeah, it's so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so like my main thing is just like, I say this for a lot of things, but particularly like things that are seemingly taboo or like not usually talked about or not usually brought up. And it's like, however you frame the conversation is how your partner will respond. Mm. So in other words, like if you bring it up very casually, if you frame it as something that you want to do for both of your health and both of your safety, um, that's the way that your partner will receive it. And that's the way that she will be able to then transmit the same energy back Mm. to you. Bringing it up, I know it's like awkward because like, when do you do it? And I think that there's like a couple of options for that. I would say like one, if you are uncomfortable talking about it in person, um, I guess it would depend on the situation, but if you're uncomfortable talking about it person in person and texting, it is an option. Great. Um, just saying something like, like if you've been with this person before, just saying something like, Hey, I know we haven't been using protection before. Um, but for both of our safety, for both of our health, I'm going to start bringing some for us to try out. Like, is that cool? Mm -hmm. Um, because again, with the lack of information about protection and preventing STIs with, um, between two women, there is also, um, uh, kind of like, what's what's the word like trial and error when it comes to like different methods Mm -hmm. as well and so yeah that's a great way to bring it up because it's something that's for your safety for your health because you would prioritize those two things with someone that you cared about Mm -hmm. no matter how awkward you think it is coming out the importance of it ultimately and the care that 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 exudes Mm -hmm. is ultimately what what your partner is going to get out of it and like so what if it's awkward like so what if you like stumble over your word like that's what sex is so like you know the other thing that I would say too is like bringing your own form of protection like because ultimately you are responsible for what you want to be responsible for Mm -hmm. and we talked about um uh different forms of um protection specifically for women love women um, in episode 21, I did look that up. Okay. We can link it. I found it. Um, very briefly, like right in the beginning. So again, like make your partner aware that you brought it and saying something like, I brought protection for us so I can really rock your world. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Like that's so hot. Yeah. And I would be completely floored if someone ever said that to me. So oh if I ever had a guy enthusiastically bring up protection like that, it's over like I know literally and because because, like because here's the thing right like it suggests that they value not only theirs but your safety and your health exactly and like like, that that is that's sexy like someone who cares that is there's such a shame shrouded around even discussion of that much less if you ever actually get one and like literally one the statistic is that one in two people will contract an sti or std before they're 25 that's such a you might not even know because there are like i had a few years ago i got hpv which Mm -hmm. first of all my doctor told me i thought she said hiv like i didn't know there's a difference (laughs) and i had a massive panic attack (laughs) which isn't funny like i mean (laughs) i mean it's a little funny just imagining you sitting in the (laughs) talking 
<laughs> I really thought that's what she said. <laughs> I called my best friend at the time and left her this long voicemail of me just like heaving. And then I called back I mean, 20 yeah. minutes later and I was like, I still have something, but it's fine actually. <laughs> I can just imagine you like she gets one voicemail and it's just you screaming and hyperventilating and yeah. then she gets another and you're just like actually i still have something but like it's okay it's but it's, it's, it's just, actually just totally fine <laughs> just call me back later i'm okay now <laughs> that's funny um but when i found out that i had that i was so i felt so filthy like i literally yeah struggled so hard with i didn't feel like i could tell anybody um and and it's because this fucking guy took off the condom in the middle of sex, which is a form of assault without doing that without us consent. Yep. He said double whammy. Woo! Um <laughs> but and then and it's like it's so normal. Like it was completely asymptomatic, so you cannot have it. So like really normalize getting tested because it's mm-hmm. just a part it's the same way that you get a yearly physical. Like mm-hmm. you do that for your health, nobody questions it. Why would you not get tested? when you're sexually active and having different partners. Like, why would you not treat that the same way that you treat, treat other medical things? I was just thinking about that because I was going to say, because I think that's like one of those things where it's like ignorance is bliss. I think like that gives us a lot of comfort, but yeah. it's like, that would apply to everything then. Like if you, right. That would apply to every medical like, thing. Oh my, my, I'm feeling some pain in my appendix. I'll just pretend that. I would rather not know. Yeah. But don't you think there's like some something people do that different? Something. Some people do do that, but I feel like w- because there's such a stigma around STIs and STDs, yeah. um, people would rather not know. Well, I have a theory about this. I think it's because, because I've, I've thought a lot about this because I really struggled with that. And then I had yeah. this horrible procedure called a colposcopy. And if you ever have to get one, like really <sighs> prepare. Because I thought that it was going to be like a pap smear, right? Totally. It is not like a pap smear. It is a biopsy of your cervix, which means that they're cutting a piece of your cervix. Do we want to scare people? Somebody listening has one scheduled for next week. And it's like, you thought, oh you thought the X-Files were bad. <laughs> Listen to this. Yeah, but here's the thing. I wanted to be prepared because they're oh, totally like, I wish I would have yes. known. And ignorance so, like, is not bliss. I like, I fucking, I, I'm <laughs> fine. Like you get through it, but it's really intensely painful and they don't give you any kind of numbing and it stimulates contractions because it's, it's fucking with your cervix. And I drove myself <laughs> cause I didn't even know what it was. And so I couldn't even like, I was, I had to stay in. That the made doctor's. me really sad. Yeah. I was like curled up in my car for like two hours before I could drive home. And because I wasn't prepared for what the, my doctor should have told me what the procedure actually was going to be like um and so like it's just if i would have been getting regularly tested i would not have it wouldn't have got to the point where i had to get that done and so and if you do have to get that done there's no shame about it and you can just just talk to your doctors about better ways be like look i want pain meds or i want some kind of numbing or like what can i do because i know that this is going to be painful i'm not prepared for whatever like you wouldn't like they will they will tell you like your doctors will tell you if something is not feasible yeah like there's literally no no harm in asking yeah Um, in wavelength. But no, but what I was going to say was that, um, <laughs> I got off topic, but what I was going to say hey, was that, definitely. um, I think that because like this does have to do with health and like, we don't say like, it's better not to know with other health things, but people don't like to talk like by getting tested, you're admitting that you're having sex. And for some people mm. that they don't want to be doing, like they don't, it's something that there's 
like sex is considered something so taboo that there's like it's so private like nobody like nobody's supposed to know about it it's very like and it's like ooh, like secret like i don't know like and by making a doctor's appointment going to talk about it it's like normalizing it in a way that i think the people aren't ready to do totally i don't know if that makes sense but yes yeah i was i was thinking something along that line as well um and then i and then i thought there was this philosopher um i think it was michel foucault who basically You're said so smart you just no, put I'm not. philosopher's name off the top of your head no i'm not because i because <laughs> i did a whole project like based around his theory exactly because you're smart no no but I mean, he basically said that like through through the rep- like our repression of sex of sex education mm-hmm. we actually end up talking about it more yeah. and that and we sense. actually and we actually end up featuring it in um our lives more whether that's in discussion or through the media or whatever, um, in spite of the repressiveness that we put around it. Yeah, that's wild. And I think, I think that applies, but then like when it becomes a problem, like when something around sex becomes a problem, then we don't want to talk about it. Like we very much just are very comfortable idealizing it in media, idealizing it in advertising, and not looking at the side of it that's actually the most important side of it, which is consent and health and safety mm-hmm. and all, all of the possible yeah. risks and responsibilities that come with having sex. Like, then we don't want to talk about it. But yeah. like, we're very happy to idealize it. And um, what's the word? I guess idealize it. Yeah. And I would say comprehensive sex education in schools or in some organized fashion not from parents to children because there's a whole another level of shame with that because your parents have their own sexual trauma and their own sexual hang-ups right and so by them talking to you about that they're just and and misinformation and and misinformation exactly and so they're going to be transferring that stuff onto you and then everybody has a slightly different understanding of how it works like there's no comprehensive like exactly what you said um, like if you, if you want something that hits close to home, just remember for most, well, for most of us, just remember that Jillian, uh, described <laughs> sperm as fish. And then her son remembered that and brought it up at a later date. Is that necessarily damaging in any way? No, but is it, you know, going to prepare him say 10 years down the line to adequately talk about sex? Probably not. But like the issue with your parents educating you and not having a kind of standard scientifically based education process on sex work, how sex works is that mm-hmm. I grew up intensely informed on how to stay physically safe in public from like predators and attackers, but I didn't learn anything about the nuances of consent. And so yep. that's where my trauma revolves around is yeah. that's what it had to do with it wasn't it wasn't the kind of attack of somebody breaking into my home it had to do with coercion and statutory totally. things like that and so that's why you need a standardized practice that's done by somebody other than your family members and i think it's interesting um to just to like close this out because we could talk about this forever and yeah. we will talk <laughs> about this at a later date again oh, if, fully. You, if you want but i think um you know, obviously we, we grow up in the, with the knowledge, with the sex ed, with the parents, with the influence that we do. 
And so I think most of us or a lot of us or whatever, the person asking this question at least, um, wants to know like, sans all of that, however you grew up, whatever you were exposed to, how now with all of that experience do you approach talking about STIs and talking about it specifically in Women Love Women Dating? And Mm -hmm. I would say, even though this transcends that, it's exactly what Stevie said, it's getting tested for yourself and um holding that uh holding that holding your partner to that accountability mm-hmm. as well if that is something that is important to you you can't force someone to get tested um you know before you've unless obviously of course you think that they've you know transmitted something to you right. but you can't force someone to use you can't, I shouldn't say that. This is going to, this is going to be tricky to talk around. But what I'm saying is like, if someone doesn't want to use protection, then like, and you do that person, you do not entertain that person. You can't um, force somebody to do anything. Like that's just right. Like if they're not going to, they're not going to, but if that is a deal breaker for you, that is valid. And I think it should be yes. like, I like, I know I agree. I agree totally. But I think like with women love women dating, like, yeah. I, I understand it's, it's obviously definitely firsthand more, um, how complex. the how the water gets muddy. Yeah. yeah. How the water gets muddied. And so I would just say like some good um like transitioners, mm-hmm. I would say like is before we take our clothes off, before we go any further, like if you have like a benchmark for like when you feel comfortable bringing it up, mm-hmm. if you have like a like a before we do this or before we do this or or um yeah, before we do this or before we go any further or um, can we like, can we take a, like, can we check in really quickly? Like that kind of thing, just bringing, bringing it up and framing it in the personal. And so saying I was tested on this date and like, I'm all good. Do you have anything you want to share with me? Or the, le- the, I was tested on this date. When was the last time you were tested? Like having a strict boundary for using protection off the bat helps saying that you you yourself have brought it and that you want to use it helps. Mm. Um, I think that takes the nerves away from asking specifically about testing. Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes you a little, if that makes you nervous, but I hope that that was helpful in like some ways. Cause like, like I said, like I get it like firsthand how the waters can be muddied there and, and how it can feel um, like uh, an intrusion to add, like, an intrusion in the flow of things an intrusion in the conversation to ask um or to bring it up and so just try framing it like in the context that you're in like my favorite thing is like i brought protection so i can really rock your world yeah is that cool like that's 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 cool that's a cool thing to say that's so cool and like that kind of confidence will immediately put any awkwardness that your partner's experiencing at ease exactly and it's okay if it's awkward like fucking sex is totally often like when you really think about it, like we're slapping like latex onto shit. Yeah. Like that's awkward. The whole thing is. And it's silly and it's funny. So just lean into that. And I think too, like I said earlier, I'm really working on like knowing that people hear me the first time and are listening the first time. So I'm getting better at that. I'm sorry if I keep repeating myself. You're but doing perfect. That's something I'm working on. It's okay, we love a book in. Um well, because I was listening to Alexandria Ocasio Cortez's um Instagram live that she did the other night Mm -hmm. about the, or maybe even last night, the Capitol um, attack. And 
I just noticed like she says so many important things and she only says them once. Whereas like, I was like, I I would say that again. Like, you know, I could like feel myself being like, I would definitely say that again, but frame the conversation, how you want, how you would want someone to say it to you is, is, is what I would say. That's amazing. Create the environment you would want someone to create for you. Yeah. That's perfect advice. And then it's not awkward anymore. Exactly. I love that. Perfect note to end on. I love you. I love you. (laughs) That was a fun chat. I think that was good. I hope I hope what I said was helpful. I oh, know yeah. what Stevie said was helpful. No, what you said is I was just helpful. sitting here in awe. No, that just helped me because I mean, I for years have not been able to ask a man to put on a condom. And that's yeah. a man. That, that's when it has to do with pregnancy. And I think it's objectively easier because that's more like valued than just There's health. Like a high, yeah. There's right. like a somehow for some reason that's higher risk than your actual health. But yeah. um and I have not been able to do that. And so I can't even imagine how difficult it must be in situations where it's not normalized. Like it is normalized and I still can't do that. So you framing right. it as saying, asking the way that you would want to be asked and like having the protection on you, um, mm-hmm. like you bring that's, it. That's like the biggest thing. Yeah. yeah. That's mind blowing to me. And then that gets into like, you know, outside of obviously women love women relationships, like with heterosexual relationships with a man and with a woman um, where there is... Um, like those gender norms, mm. like that just is a whole other conversation <laughs> about, you know. Which we can have at a later date if anyone's interested. Yeah, because we are liberated women. I have lots of thoughts around that topic. I was, re- I'm rewatching Fleabag and there's this one part where Fleabag and her best friend Boo uh, are sitting in their cafe that they own together and they're smoking and they're drinking wine. And I don't, I think it's a real song, but they were singing the song and it was like the line was something about how they love being liberated women and i can i'll try to find the scene because it's really really cute and i really love it and that's how i feel right now with you oh i love that so much i still haven't fucking watched fleabag it's so good dude all right all right i'm so grateful to know you should we get into the episode i'm grateful to know you yes we should okay okay (laughs) this episode's fucking yucky Pretty much everything about this episode. I truly think that this episode is because some people say the X Files is scary, and I almost never think the X Files is scary. Like I don't think it, it's a scary show, but this one fucks me up. Yeah, I, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. one grosses yes. me out. It grosses me out, and there's one very specific scene which I'm gonna think about, and I want to see if you can. There's one specific scene that just like is the most vile thing of. Is it the ever. guy in the bathroom in the shower? Yes, that one. Yep. Yes. That is, I think, the worst okay, scene Stevie in all and I are, are telepathic. <laughs> we knew that. <laughs> I feel like, I genuinely think that's so... I could watch... Um, I could watch uh, someone st- sticking a knife in the back of Scully's neck and y- pulling out a three-foot oh, slug yeah. all day. I mean, her... Her moaning and screaming makes it very easy for me. Okay. But like even just visually, like I could watch that all, all day. Right. Keep it together. <laughs> but like this one. But, but this one I can't. No, I, I can't do it. I was fucking doing plot, so I had to keep going because it's been so long since I've watched it. But like I normally skip that scene. Yeah. I mean, props to the actor because he really did a fantastic job. But like oh. we'll really discuss it when we get there because I have some. Yeah. So, 
This is the host, season two, episode two, two, two. Um, two, two, did you just fart? <laughs> so we opened two miles off the coast of Jersey in the ocean, and we got some Russian bros on a ship. There's some Jersey, Jersey. <laughs> There's some big time plumbing problem going on. Like the toilets are just overflowing. This is my biggest fear is like plumbing issues. Like I, mm-mm. Yeah, I you talk ever about- go to, you ever go to the bathroom when you flush and you're like watching like praying it's gonna go down? Yes, yes. like in a public place you're like, you're like please. What, at a friend's house, even worse. Dude. Like at somebody else's house, you're like please, please, please. Stevie, <laughs> Stevie has been um, uh, witnessed firsthand my uh, anxiety over my toilet at the place that I work at. Oh yeah, I mean it's that's a, a million toilet. The, the plumbing system. Oh yeah, you used it right. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, that's the plumbing terrifying. system. The pr- plumbing system is just probably from the Victorian age. Like the first ever plumbing systems. This my building. This building has it, and it has not been updated. <laughs> that's so gross. Cut all of that out. I just said I sometimes I watch and pray that it'll come down. Like that's nasty. No, and I agreed with you. Okay, let's go. I'll put a poop trigger warning. So some old guy makes some young guy climb into the sewage tank to remove the blockage. And it seems like there should be a better way to do that. Like it also, seems like you shouldn't have to climb into the sewage, but. A little bit. And also like after he gets, and I, spoiler, I'm sorry, Stevie, but like after he gets sucked in, it just drains. Yeah. Why didn't so they like, just do that? What was, I'm confused. Was it clogged or did they just, were they just pulling a prank on this poor man and making him go waist deep into sewage? I don't, like maybe they're like, they try not to flush the tanks too often. I don't know. Logically, none of that made sense. Mm-hmm. But he gets pulled in by something into the poop and the other man trying to, <laughs> let's just call it what it is. Like the other man tried to get him out. But honestly, the second that poop water touches my face, let me go. Just let me go. I'm done. I mean, I'd, I'd dive in with him. <laughs> I'd be like, that's enough for me. Once once there's a splash, I might as well just I might surrender. as well just go. Yeah. Yeah. So they do. They let him go and they flush the tanks. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck him. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, so cut to Mulder eating fast food, doing his fucking lame assignment shit. Somebody comes- Real, Really in the basement. Yeah. He thought he was in the basement before. Now, now he's, he's like, doesn't even have a desk. He's like on the ground. He's like in the corner. And he looks like he's in a fucking prison cell, like in the dark. Liter- like yeah. he like squints his eyes when they open the door and the light comes. I know. <laughs> I know. That's why I said now he's really in the basement. Get a lamp. <laughs> <laughs> so he, somebody comes in and relieves him of his assignment. And it's all weird and spooky. And so um, he flies to the murder case in Jersey. Skinner apparently requested him for this assignment. It's um, episode two now. So we're just going to forget that all the drama happened. Like this is the start mm-hmm. of that. I wrote that I want to slap whoever cut his hair in this season because it's horrible and I'm mad. I think, I think he is suffering from like a little bit of scissor shock and a lack of hair gel. That you're precisely right. Because it's, like, poking, like, at a weird angle. Mm, it just needs to be But then, done. like, it's also, like, yeah, it looks fried. Yeah. So, um, so he goes to this murder case. All of the men climb into the sewer to look at the body. Mulder tells them to wrap it up to go, and he's, like, pissed at Skinner, right? So cut to Skinner's office, and Mulder's being a dick to the receptionist for no reason. She's just trying to do her job. There's no point for that. Um, he goes in, and he yells at Skinner. And I'm just, like, imagine for a moment – 
how it would go down if Scully did this. If Scully went in and yelled at her boss for giving her what she deems a meaningless assignment, even though someone is dead. Like, that's, I, yes, the, I made almost the same note, except for I said, like, this is, I find it's, this scene is a perfect embodiment of why I find it so hard to believe that Mulder was a sought after and, like, everyone had, like, such high hopes for him that he could, like, do anything, like, he set his mind to, like, he's literally complaining about being assigned to a very valid murder case because, like, it was in the sewer. Yeah. He like, he's like, I assumed it. He goes, it looks like a basic drug dump or whatever. I'm like, does that mean that person's life has no value? Fox? Like, yes. Skinner <laughs> is assigning you poopy cases where you're going to have to be running around in poopy water because he hates you so much. What? No, somebody like, died. It had nothing to do with that. Being uh, angry and upset that, uh, your boss or someone shut down what you were most passionate about very valid yes being angry and upset over being reassigned to cases you don't like reeks of entitlement go off like i couldn't have said it better that's exactly it and so this is he's a child i I think i wrote later that it seems like Mulder's always mid tantrum Mm -hmm. like perpetually especially around this especially in the early seasons yeah um so this is the one time, like, this is the one time I'm on Skinner's side because seriously, fuck you, Mulder. Like, you totally. need your ass in check. So Skinner yells at him yeah. in front of the meeting he was having because Mulder was insistent on coming in. And I was like, he said he's busy. He was. And he gets embarrassed for whining and fucking good. Like, that, good. that moment makes me really happy because I'm like, good, you should be fucking embarrassed. That was some embarrassing shit. Um, yep. And so Skinner, like, tells him to suck it up and do his job and he leaves. So cut to Mulder and Scully on a late night bench date um she's so pregnant I like know. i can't believe there's like 10 more episodes that until she has her baby because she's already so pregnant god she was probably so uncomfortable no poor thing um and probably so hot like she's in layers and layers of clothes yeah they were like you know how we can distract from her pregnancy with her wardrobe giant coats. add more layers pad it more and bigger shoulder pads <laughs> they're like what do you mean she's always been this big like suffocating the shoulders have always been that big i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> she's like suffocating between her own shoulder pads her neck she's nothing she's nothing but shoulders that's it nope nothing but shoulder and a, and a cute sexy bang <laughs> So she says that she's heard about his outburst and says some, and, and he says sometimes yeah. it's just yeah. hard to smile through it when they ask you to bend down and grab your ankles. You know? No, I don't know. What, Walter? <laughs> I'm sorry. You having to investigate a valid murder case is not the same as being gang like raped in a prison. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Mulder took what this is this is the epitome of white men wanting to be oppressed ready Mulder Mulder stepped foot in a sewer and he said this is akin to being raped in prison he's like I've experienced trauma I've experienced so much sexual trauma because my toe penetrated sewer water and I I literally paused it and was just sitting there I was like same. What? I really, want, I really wanted Scully to just be like, wow, you want to be oppressed so bad. First of all, it's homophobic as fuck. Mm-hmm. Second, which is like not a first for Mulder. No. 
And like two, no Mulder, as a woman in a male-dominated field, she has absolutely no idea what it's like to be told to do things that she doesn't want to do and have to smile through it. Yeah, literally, Mulder, you're the first person this has ever happened to. Um, so she's like, you haven't put much effort into like compromise at all, <laughs> which is true. Like, yeah, she's like, you're not trying at all. And then he dramatically says that he's thinking about leaving the bureau, and like he's yeah. so dramatic. He's like. No, Mulder, he, he gets asked to do, he gets asked to do one case he doesn't want to do, and he's like, well, I might as well quit. Literally. Like, <laughs> it's one case he doesn't like, and he's like, mm, I'm done. I'm not going back he's to the like, bureau. I'm going to pursue it somewhere else. <laughs> it was a good run. Am I right, Scully? She's like, you're a fucking idiot. But then she's so <laughs> cute. She's like, you could come to Quantico and like come work with me because because I miss you so much. And I'm like, oh. She just wants to work with him. She misses him. It's, oh, God knows why. But it's so cute. <laughs> I'm like, honey, you're better off without him. <laughs> oh, totally. And I would also say, too, um, Mulder, this is like their second year-ish that's generous yeah. but like you know going on their second year working together mm-hmm. and he's like already becoming so codependent oh fully like when mm-hmm. she says that basically she says i i want to keep working with you he's like that's the only reason i can think of staying he's <laughs> true like, fucking fit m- my guy huh this is where i wrote he's always mid temper tantrum he's like they don't want us working together scully <laughs> Someone, someone, someone said, someone tweeted simp stands for sh- uh, she is my passion. And like that. Oh my God. That's like the X-Files. No, Scully is my, Scully oh. is my passion. She's, she's so cute and she really wants to help with the case like really badly, but he's stubborn. And she's like, there's a dead body, isn't there? And so she examines it. So cut to sweet baby depression bang angel doing the autopsy. And yeah. And even this man, even this man's weight seems too low. Like, you know how that's totally. been a recurring thing? 165 yeah. for a fairly large man. They really just threw numbers out there, I think. Like, like, like without any thought. But then for women, they were like, let's make these exceptionally low. For women, they're like 96 pounds. <laughs> I said she looks like a little mushroom with oh, her bangs. She does. I love mushrooms. Like the little mushrooms from like Mario Kart that you throw out. <laughs> no, no, no. Like the character. Toad. Oh. And Toadette. We should do a comparison picture. Scully and Toadette. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is maybe one of the most gruesome autopsies ever. I guess yeah. na- this whole episode is just nasty. The makeup department was like, yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> the makeup the makeup. <laughs> The makeup department got their budget upped, apparently, this episode. That was the only area. They were just like, we're only going to do the nastiest shit. Like, they were, like, yeah, stoked about it. <laughs> they did a good job. It was terrifying. Um, and it's yep. so eerie. Like, the music, like, I was, like, waiting for him to wake up and, like, eat her. Like, I thought it was going to turn into a zombie Ew. movie. So- yeah, the, the, music, the music in this one and the next episode are, like, very um, unsettling. Yeah, I don't even remember what the next episode is. And then she finds a fucking worm. In his body. Yeah. yeah, that was not not something I wanted to see. Yeah, and ugh, so she gets it, right? Cut to Newark, New Jersey. I just... Wait, can I just say one yeah. thing, too, about um, 
I take it back two things. Um, you can you guess what the second thing is? Is it something about her lips or like how she? Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the first. <laughs> So the first thing is that I said I love how Jillian admitted that in the beginning. Don't laugh at me. I loved how in the beginning <laughs> Jillian admitted that she used to look up all the medical terms and everything. And then um because she felt that that like better informed her acting if she like knew sort mm-hmm. of what she was talking yeah. about. And then she just like stopped and her acting was still so if not more believable. Yeah. I just thought that was neat. <laughs> Because she was probably still looking shit up Yeah, here. at this point, she was, like, really trying to And understand. then I was, yeah, and then I was thinking about her later on, and I was like, wow, she just, like, got better, and then she, like, had to do less work. <gasps> Is that how it works? Is that how life works? I hope. Anyways, her lips are so swollen, and, like, I feel bad that she's pregnant and swollen, but also um, I feel bad for me because, like, it's immensely painful <laughs> for me to see her be so beautiful. <laughs> Everyone send thoughts and prayers to Emily. Thoughts <laughs> and prayers. T A J O T. Okay. Sorry. No, okay. New Jersey. 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 Hey, is it me? You're Giuseppe. <laughs> it's me. I'm Mario. Um, <laughs> I'm from the. <laughs> um. Okay. So cut to Jersey. Um. More men working in the sewer. I can't believe that people like actually have to climb into shit water and do things. Like those are the actual American heroes. Fuck the military. Okay. Seriously. <laughs> Think about the sewer workers. It's the sanitation yeah. workers. Yeah. Big time. I made this yeah. Oh, totally. I made this note several times, but I feel like um there was such a, a lack of uh breathing aids and like proper precautions just kind of for jumping sanitation in. workers right I like i feel like they would have like masks on at least right? or like venil- some ventilation like that can't be healthy to be like breathing that mm-hmm. in can't be i made that note so many times so i agree with you and i also said like yeah at this point it made me realize like beyond the monster like these people are being pulled under sewage water. I know. Like, that is... And ingesting it. I know. It's like, every time somebody went under, I wasn't even thinking about the worm. I was thinking about, like, oh, my God, the water. Oh, my God. It's in, it's their, in their mouth. mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So, this guy gets pulled under. Um, I Just to bring it back around, STIs are nothing to worry about. Having poop water in your mouth yes. is what you need to this worry about. This is gross. This man gets pulled under by something again into the shit, and the other man does not jump in after him. And I'm like, I get it. I also don't know that I would jump <laughs> yeah. in. Um, it's like, who would you jump in shit water for? That's true love. <laughs> so this guy doesn't jump in, right? And he just throws a rope at him. I get it. And he and he does get the guy out, and then this guy has a gnarly bite or like suction mark or whatever on his oh. like. <clears throat> So gross. <laughs> Ew. Ew. The title of this episode should just be should just be like wretch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wretch. So the dude is being examined and he's like fixating on the taste in his mouth. And I'm like, retweet. Like, I totally would be too. Well, I mean, yes, but also keep that too. <laughs> Maybe pretend like, no, my mouth was closed the whole time. 
Yeah. <laughs> Don't admit to that <laughs> shit in your mouth. Anyways, not to shame him. He was attacked. <laughs> whatever. So the doctor talks to Mulder and she tells him about the attack and she like gave him antibiotics or whatever and um talks about the strange wound on his back. The dude thinks it was like a python or something that got him, which like what the fuck? Then he says a crocodile. He says that we found a crocodile one time in the sewage. I don't fucking know. The world is wild. Bro, if you get if you get if you are in an encounter with a crocodile, my guy, you're coming out with half half a Yeah, torso. he didn't like just okay. like kiss your back really <laughs> yeah. hard. Like it's a suction mark. What, what the fuck do you think a crocodile? How is he gonna do that? I think the crocodile gave me a hickey. It was really sudden, sorry. I just got caught up in the passion. Anyways. And Mulder's so rude to this well, doctor. He's rude to everyone in this episode. Cause he's mid tantrum. <laughs> That's true. So um Scully calls during this examination and is like, um, baby, I want to see you. I have a surprise. And she's like, he's like, okay. And then he hangs up. I said, when Scully called, as soon as he picked up the phone, I, I thought to myself, um, who wants to place a bet with me? I said that to myself. I said, who wants to place a bet with me that Mulder is going to take all of the information that Scully is giving him back to his case He's going to pretend like he solved it, write every single thing that Scully is about to tell him and will tell him for the rest of the episode in his field report and credit Scully with none of it. And you were right. So then Mulder basically hangs up on her. Um, and then he like, yeah, a fucking asshole. He's like, okay, thanks. But, and that's it. And so then <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't even basically is, is being kind i would just say he yeah. hangs up on her um then he gets a call from a mysterious voice that says you have a friend at the fbi <laughs> <laughs> i really wanted him to be like yeah i know it's scully <laughs> stupid hang up um idiot this is deep throat's replacements introduction right wait want to hear a joke yeah it's deep throat's uh brother sloppy toppy <laughs> Scully, we gotta go ask Sloppy Toppy about this case. <laughs> Scully's like, what's his name? Where are you getting all of this information? I want to know. And Mulder's like, <clears throat> I have a connection, okay? She's like, what's his name? He's like, I don't know, but he goes by, he like looks around. He goes by Sloppy Toppy, okay, Scully? She's like... And then she drops out of the FBI. <laughs> And then she drops out of the FBI, uh, gets rid of her medical license, and moves to Iceland. I want that for her. So do I. I mean, fuck. So cut to Mulder visiting our girl at Quantico. I love seeing her in her own office. It's fucking hot. Yep. So she shows him the parasite. It's called a fluke. I like that word. Mm-hmm. She explains how they attach, and then Mulder shows her a picture of the wound on the dude, and it somehow looks so much worse in the photo than it did when we saw it um like so much worse <laughs> i'm like when was that taken <laughs> and beauty of photography crazy and she's like omg Mulder, no way i could never get that big and then she's all giggly and cute and then he gets <laughs> and then he gets really sad all of a sudden she's like sorry it, it felt like old times for a minute they're so disgusting like, it's almost cringy how like I don't like that thing because it's like, oh and then my he's, God, you guys. And then he's so, <laughs> and then 
he's so awkward. He literally just stands there. <laughs> and then she goes she's like in the science talk. Like she's like, so like the equation, but I mean, like she goes right into it. She's like the meaning of the universe. E equals MC squared. She's like, so one time when I was reading Darwin, um, I read that like she just. Remember in my thesis when I said that Einstein, the twin paradox, deflects so hard because it's so awkward. It's so uh, awkward. You guys. <laughs> I'm like, please. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, they're, um, they're gross with a capital G. You think the fluke worm is, you think the fluke worm is gross? Get a load of these two. Literally. So then she goes um, into her science talk because that's her coping mechanism. I support her. Um, and then Mulder says, so like, I don't know who you shared our conversation with the other night, but I wanted it to be between you and me. And she was like, I didn't tell anybody. And he was like, well, someone called me and said, I have a friend at the FBI. And she's like, I would never betray your confidence. Like, she's like hurt that he would think that. And then he looks like a puppy and nods. And then it leaves the scene. Well, it's like, he, but then he also says like, he, he essentially says like, it's so, uh, what's the word presumptuous because he's like i don't want you to fight for me i know <laughs> and she's like bitch i don't give a fuck about you he's like i know you probably already are because someone called me and like you're a good kid and everything but like you don't have oh to do God. that that's so true that is exactly the energy and then but then it's sad because he really thought that she was his only friend at the fbi yeah Anyways. he's like i don't uh, he's like, oh my god, I have another friend. He's like, oh my god. She's like, okay, Mulder. She's like, I've fucked half the FBI. I don't know what you're <laughs> The Jack. She's like, I've fucked every instructor at Quantico. I don't know. It's what you're Jack's. About. It's Jack's ghost. Jack's ghost. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's who's calling Mulder. Okay, so now for maybe my least favorite scene in all of the X-Files. Here we go. Dude is brushing his teeth, right? He's trying to get the taste out of his mouth. Him literally putting toothpaste into his mouth from the tube and chewing it grosses me out more than anything else, more than the worm bit coming up next. Like, but I was, I was, a, little, I was a little sus about this scene because, like, there's nothing – if that is, like, them trying to explain that, like – there's something wrong with him like this dude is fine like that's just how men think you're supposed to brush your teeth i thought i think it's just showing that he's disgusted like i think it was a, a mental thing right no i'm saying like oh, that's, that's how just men, how men brush their teeth yeah they like squeeze the whole tube ew, into their ew, mouth ew ew i could never be with somebody who does that absolutely not Mm-mm. and then they chew it please I have such an aversion to this. Like, I think it's so nasty. I'm sorry. If you... Mm, it's so gross. This is just this is just how men brush their teeth. I don't... Please. It's just, I have a really b- big thing with, like, textures. Like, I'm going to cut this. But if I have too much cream cheese in my mouth, like, at once, like, on a bagel or something, like, I'll throw up. Like, oh, that toothpaste definitely had the texture of cream cheese. Just, like, a whole <laughs> tub of it. <laughs> so... And then he spits it up and it's like blood. Um, but, but he's like, eh, I'm going to take a shower anyways. <laughs> normal. That's and what he, I mean. It was just normal for him. And then in the shower, he yaks a worm. <laughs> and Those worms. The drain. That worm is famous. Those worms were on Rosie O'Donnell with Julian Anderson. Oh, yeah, they were. 
<laughs> we should put that in the thread. I love that interview. That guy should have grabbed it. I know. We should have been like, oh my God, can I get your autograph? So like if I you- I saw you on Rosie. I saw you on Rosie. <laughs> so like if you haven't watched this episode yet and you're listening to this before and you're squeamish, just skip this bit. Yeah. Just skip yeah. the episode, baby. <laughs> as soon as you see a man starting to brush his teeth- Dip. Hit, hit the skip. Yeah. Um, so then cut to the sewage processing plant. This little, like, Jersey boss man tells Mulder, like, how they operate, and then Mulder shows him the fluke, and the guy's like, yeah, probably. There's lots of shit breeding down there. Like, he's like, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm like, that shouldn't... That sounds... Yeah, you might want to check that out. So then cut to a man rocking around the top of the sewage system. He's smoking a cigarette. There's, like, splashing. So he goes to investigate, and he sees Free Willy! (laughs) (laughs) and so that he calls headquarters where Mulder is and they all go down to meet him and they're trying to like back wash the system or something and then they finally get a good look at it hideous disgusting like the makeup but he's also famous yeah I saw him he took a picture with Jillian Anderson when she was wearing wearing that really sapphic really cute cottage core polka dot navy dress i saw those pictures this episode is just full of celebrity cameos so you okay yeah i'm just thinking about how he looks (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) um i wrote that the makeup department was like on acid when they put this together (laughs) totally like horrifying yeah it's Um, disgusting and isn't it the writer of the episode that's wearing the suit that's like oh is it yeah i think it is okay (laughs) the writer was like i'm gonna be this character which is why they show it explicitly so many times yeah that was okay that makes sense they show it because they spent 10 hours on it probably yeah so then cut to show it that makes so much sense yeah they show it way too often like i'm like i don't need to see it explicitly like I'm okay it's imagining. Like, it's like as soon as they show it, you're kind of like the second it goes on for too long, you're kind of like find yourself looking around being like, why is this on my screen? You're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so cut to Scully doing research on flukes, looking so cute in her little glasses. You want to talk about this? Yeah, a little bit. Go ahead. So um, first I'll outline the scene. Set the scene. She's got purple eyeshadow, her wire glasses. Um, this like sage paisley top and I know what you're thinking paisley is like so not her style it was like very muted and I actually thought it was just sage at first and then I looked a little bit closer at her mm-hmm. chest and I noticed that there were pais- there was a paisley design on it mm-hmm. and then she's also wearing a cream suit and then to top it all off she bites her lip i feel like i'm hearing about an all new scene like every time you you deep dive into her looks like this i'm like was she wearing that every single time she comes on screen i'm like nothing else exists that's beautiful and how it should be and when she bit her lip i fully felt my soul like leave my body 
<laughs> so something is slipped under the door. It's like a it's like a weird tabloid magazine, but apparently we're valuing the articles in it. Um, and she looks through it and she finds an article about this Russian boat accident and then is able to connect the body to that event and identify him. And I like when Scully gets tips because one, she figures them out so quick. And I'm like, you go, girl. Um, and two, she tells Mulder about them, which speeds up the investigation. Mm-hmm. So Mulder calls her and she goes to see the giant <laughs> fluke. Um, and I also love how they like how they're assigned to different cases and they're still just working together. I know. Like, does no one give a shit? Like, Scully was right. Like, no one cares about them anymore. Truly. They're like, well, whatever. <laughs> it's like, when the thing is, is that Mulder's just working on one case. Scully is working on multiple things. She's doing this in addition to her actual work. That's what I was thinking. And she's still solving the case. Queen shit. And, yep. So, um... So she goes to see the big fluke worm, and he's, like, really close up behind her, and they're against the door. <laughs> the whole thing's kind of a lot. It's very erotic. It's like he's, like, leaning over her against... Uh, it's a lot. Um, but then he fucking fudges it. He fudges everything. Yeah. So he's like, the only thing we're missing is the identity of the body in the sewer. And she's like, I got it, babe. Look. Um, then she says that she could, she says to him that, she, I'm sorry, I'm flustered. I can tell that this scene, your ability to articulate what was happening in the scene was either offset by how close he was standing to her or the fact that this, um, this monster who, that looks like a shriveled up thumb <laughs> was like lurking in a dark corner of a cell 10 out of 10 disturbing image both overall. i found really um distracting for sure yeah in very different i ways. can see it i yeah. can see it playing out real time it was a lot um because one like erotic pose too that thing's watching yeah in the corner it's, it's just gross i don't like why it. is it out of water Remember, like, when you, remember, remember when you were when you when we were together and I was forcing you to look at pictures of hairless animals? <laughs> no, I blocked it out until this very moment. <laughs> oh my god! What I if this thing? What if this thing out? normally had hair? Shut up! <laughs> Thank you. She made me look at you, pictures of hairless bears. Do you know, you know what the, that does to a person? <laughs> you know the naked mole rat from Kim Possible? This yeah. is him now. <laughs> this is a funny one. We're just full of jokes today. <laughs> so what does Mulder say? Okay, so um, he says that he's going to give this... He, he does have to tell Skinner that the main suspect is a giant sucking mm. worm, whatever. And mm -hmm. then she says that she would consider it more than a professional loss if he decided to leave, which, like warms my heart because she completely respects his autonomy to make this decision while expressing to him that she feels this way which is like wow beautiful mm -hmm. wish someone would extend that courtesy to her and she's also like um she she also says it with like a slight twinge of like she knows he's not leaving now like she knows that this case has him yeah and so she kind of says it like um she kind of says it like, at least in my head, I imagine the way she wanted to say it was like, yeah, are you sure you want to leave now? 
Yeah. Like, are you sure? <laughs> you sure? Really? But I have another thing to say. <laughs> okay, go. And that is how annoyed I was that Mulder asks her how she made the connection. I was going to say that and I chose not to because I didn't have the energy to be mad when I was taking these notes, but I definitely thought the same thing. I will be mad for you. Okay, do it. It's very short, but like, why? Because she can't just be smart enough to figure it out like you do all the fucking time. I thought the exact Show same me, thing. Yeah. Scully asking Mulder how he made some fucking weird ass through the looking glass connection and the body must have been watching tv because the way it was positioned like yeah yeah like um, just imagine how tired we are you know just really imagine how tired we are imagine how tired we are (laughs) i'm scared of rose i think rose mcgowan could have played this (laughs) remember the fluke room from x-files this is it now (laughs) imagine how tired we are (laughs) <laughs> but it's true um the fluke worm coming back to life trying to reproduce imagine how tired we are <laughs> that's so funny okay so second thing i wanted to say very serious this is a very serious note okay scully telling Mulder that she'd consider it more of a professional loss um if he decided to leave mm-hmm. right that bit yeah first of all he's like what, what are you talking about? He's like, leaving. What? Huh? What are you talking about? Oh, I'm not, oh, I'm not leaving. Whatever. He's like, <laughs> He's like, what? When did I say that? First of all. Second of all, I saw this post on Tumblr from this scene. And someone made a, con- like, made the caption and was like, um, she's literally confessing her love and he's actually reading a piece of paper. <sighs> yeah. And then someone, someone responded and said, Yes, but he's listening to her. He always listens to her, even if it doesn't show in the moment, because he is able to recall what she said later. And, like, let me just say something. As someone who has lived um, with uh, a man as my father figure, who very often uh, never looked at me when I was speaking to him, I can tell you right now, um, he was not listening okay um because the first time a man looked at me and was actually listening to what i was saying um is is uh imprinted in my mind forever because i was so shocked my uncle so Mulder is not listening and the only reason he remembers what she says later on because there are moments where he looks like he isn't listening and then later on he'll repeat the same thing that she said Mm -hmm. It's because he's got writers giving him the lines. The way David acts that out, there's no way that that man is listening to that woman. And so it's cute that you think Mulder's listening because Mulder, okay, here's the ticket, right? Mm-hmm. Mulder is, um, f- is characterized to listen even when he doesn't show it mm-hmm. because that's part of his character, right? right? Does that make it right? No. no. Because realistically... If I were in Scully's position, I would feel completely ignored. Oh, completely and invalidated constantly. Yep. Yep. That's a really good point. Anyways. Um, so then Mulder goes and presents the case to Skinner. And Skinner actually admits to making a mistake, a mistake with closing the X-Files. Crazy. And then says, we all take our orders from someone, Agent Mulder, which like is valid, but also 
removes any responsibility for the conspiracies that he's perpetuating off his back. And he does that the whole series. He's like, no, I'm a good guy. I'm just taking orders. I'm like, you could fucking stand up. I don't know. Totally. Yeah. So cut to the, this, and that is where the episode should have ended. But there is 25 minutes left. Wow. Yeah. That's disappointing. Yeah. So cut to the fluke where a man being taken away in the ambulance, which is terrifying. Again, why is it out of water? The driver of the ambulance turns around and boom, fluke man gone. Um, He can't find- What did you expect? He was all slimy. I know. He can slip right out. So he can't find the little fluky and then boom, he's shot. It attacks him. And we see a shot of a body being dragged into a porter potty. Um, And I know the fluke doesn't have a sex, but I'm saying fluke man because it kills people and it just feels right. Um, yeah, not to mention that Mulder called it genderless earlier, so I feel like it doesn't have a gender either. You saying that it's sexless is actually what they should have said, but they oh, said but it David was said genderless. genderless. Yeah. Because they didn't have any it, idea what the difference. Listen, the Which 90s was. were wild. <laughs> Jesus. So, cut to, um, a really big tank coming to drain the porter potty, and, like, we watch him do this for way too long. Which just made me think about when you were talking about how without Scully, it's just all filler. That's all that this is. Yes. And I also hate how this man, like, yeah, you have gloves on, but you're touching everything. And then you're putting a cigarette in your mouth with the gloves on. It's fucking nasty. Like He's draining shit. And then he's like, like, ew. Yeah, I know. Gross. Um, so, like, <clears throat> there's a little struggle with the two, but, like, they kind of slide right in pretty easily. Because there's a, uh-oh, SpaghettiO. Uh-oh, SpaghettiO. There's a man in there. There's a fluke man and a dead body. Yeah. Unless he ate it. I don't really know. So, Mulder pulls up to the murder site as the truck drives by, and I like the device of us knowing more than them for a change, rather me than too. me having no clue what's going on. That was kind of nice. Rather than Mulder just knowing everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and so then Mulder gets a call from his friend at the FBI that says, in this case, it is imperative because restatement of the X-Files must be undeniable, whatever. Um, Mulder then suddenly puts it together. The creature is on the tanker. Could I tell you how he puts that together? No. No. So then Mulder rushes to where the trucks pull in and dump their load. And they said, dump their load with straight faces. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I would not have been able to do that. Maybe that's why the show won Emmys. Because. Because <laughs> <laughs> someone wrote. Uh, I mean, honestly, if David was going to get an Emmy for any part of the show, it should have been for him saying, dump your load with a straight face in this exact scene. Yep, exactly. But he didn't. Jillian was the only one. <laughs> so they all just kind of wait until all the trunks have trunks until all the trucks have dumped <laughs> and then they check all the thinking, tanks thinking about those tree trunk fingers i think he's <laughs> out of my face <laughs> so they show them waiting for to like for the trucks to dump for like way too long like they're just walking around and we're watching them and i'm like okay let's get on with it <laughs> they, um, they take their time dumping their load they do. <laughs> Everybody dumps their load at a different pace, Emily. That's what I'm saying. So, Scully says... (laughs) Nope, Scully calls. I'm flustered. 
<laughs> you can't talk about poop and then also say tree trunk fingers. <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. I'm so sorry. Kelly calls. She looks great. I wish there was a skin routine I could get from her, but I know it's nothing. She tells Mulder. I'm sorry, what did you just say? <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> she... <laughs> I just talked about, I just made a joke out of how thick Mulder's fingers are, and now Stevie has just lost all brain function. (laughs) (laughs) You have to come up with a similar insult, but like funny for Jillian, and then so you can get back at me. I'm not, I can't now. I'm, I'm, I'm out of commission. So Scully calls. She looks beautiful. I said that I wish there was a skin routine I could get from her, but I know that it's nothing. Oh yeah. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not at this moment, but smoking, not sleeping. When you do sleep, sleep in your makeup. (laughs) Always. Don't drink any water. Only Coke. (laughs) Yeah. Only sugar drinks. Yep. So she tells Mulder that the <laughs> fluke is transmitting its eggs or larva into the bite to reproduce and to find a host. But I would also like to say, like, why is Scully mimicking, like, apologetics? Because she just realized something. I know. On a case that isn't even hers. I know. She's fucking lucky. He's lucky that she's sharing information with him at all. Yeah. Like, le- wow. Let's just... Okay. <sighs> if... This thing finds a host and multiplies, mm-hmm. right? It's all because Scully's little silly woman brain <laughs> couldn't think of it sooner. She's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I just thought of this. But, like, if it bites you, it could multiply. And he's like, shit. And Mulder's like, fucking great. Dumb bitch. I know. So fucked up. <laughs> Dumb bitch. She's crying in her office at Quantico. She's not. She lit a cigarette after that. She was like, she got out her vibrator from her desk. Okay. Did that do it? Did I get you back? Which lips are we talking about? Shut (laughs) the fuck up. Shut up. Okay. So, shut up. That's what you get. That was it. (laughs) Life is pain. This is a war that you're witnessing. This is. (laughs) <laughs> that noise was us like lifting our fists really threatening me <laughs> wait does scully keep a vibrator on her though at work let's discuss and if she does when does she start keeping one i've read fix where she not not at work, but she keeps one, like, in her little makeup bag that she brings to work. Season four and on, she has one. You think? Purse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In her purse? That's risky. Or her makeup, whatever. Her makeup bag's in her purse. Her little makeup bag? Yeah. A little lipstick one. Because, like, look at them both in that season. I know. Stevie and I just had a discussion, and it most likely got cut, but in it, we referenced... Um, a fic that we just read, which is like probably one of my new favorite fics, I think, just yeah. ever. Oh my god. Um, I think it's called Look, and it's by um, Sari Fairy on AO3 and Tumblr. Yeah, so we'll link uh, that. Yeah. Yes. It's about fucking in the bathroom, just so you know. So, 
Um, little Jersey poop boss man yells at Mulder <laughs> that they found something in the pipes. I truly missed everyone's names in this episode. I don't even know if we got them. I don't even know if they had names. So I, I think either. okay. Yeah. So, um, it seems like the thing is like working its way back out to sea as if it was there. I don't know. I don't know. So mm-hmm. they're back in the sewage system. Um, the little Jersey poop man falls in. It's <laughs> pulled down by something. I was so mad he fell in. Me too, because I liked him. He was Me like too. cute and endearing. He's just trying to do his job. I know, and I didn't want him to get hurt, and he did. <laughs> and then some man in an Armani suit comes in and is like, there's a giant worm in your suit. <laughs> so um, Mulder tries to pull him out, but he loses his grip, so he jumps in. David close your fucking mouth uh, if you're in poop shut there, it there were moments where he fully just had his mouth open was taking in water and then just spitting it out as if it was like ocean water i'm like do you realize what or the plot bath water like shower water do you know what the plot is you're in shit <laughs> shut those plump lips shut them <laughs> use your tree trunk fingers and cover your mouth <laughs> so um, one of my biggest fears is open water. Like I'm horrified of the ocean and swimming and like having something attack my feet. Mm-hmm. So this whole concept isn't doing it for me. This like worm swimming around, biting people. Mm-mm, not I it. I can imagine that would be stressful. It was. And then so, the other thing, wait, the other thing I didn't get either is that like, there's a point where the guy, um, poopy Jersey water man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Literally, like, it, ow! It doesn't look like <laughs> it doesn't look like he can like touch the ground. It's like almost drowning, and then David gets in the water, and he's like standing up. It's just different acting choices, but it's not consistent. And he's like moving, you know, like when you're in shallow water, and so you're yeah. kind of crouching, but like you're moving with your legs. Yeah, David did not look like he was swimming. He was clearly just like squatting. In like three feet of water. Yeah. Which is like, if it was three feet of water, good for the other guy for making it look like it wasn't. That I know, great was So deep. So then, like, Mulder so rescues deep. the. Shut up. So then, Mulder. We're so close. Come on. I know. Mulder. <laughs> marathon. Mulder pulls out that guy, right? And yeah. then the worm starts climbing on the wall. <laughs> there why doesn't attack molder i don't know but it's like like climbing on the wall (laughs) and so then molder cuts him in half (laughs) i want to do shrooms with you and watch this episode i think i i don't think i'd make it (laughs) oh my god Uh, um <laughs> and then the worm screams like an extended <laughs> and it zooms in on its face. But it looks like it's being fucked in the ass. <laughs> Maybe that's why I was running away from Walter. <laughs> it heard what was happening to Mulder and didn't want him to take out his anger on him. <laughs> oh my <We> god. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so cut to another late night bench date with our agents the way she sits she sighs when she sits down is like so exasperated and pregnant i just want to hug her she's like oh god she's like oh my god finally <laughs> like, jesus been standing um, for two minutes I know. 
She's like, I had to walk over here. <laughs> um, so then I also place. I also love I also love how like the callback of like from the beginning when he's what it's so funny. Nothing. I'm just like, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> the callback of in the beginning when Scarlet when he says that when Mulder says when you and then and then when you and <laughs> <Yeah>. then like <laughs> When Walder says that he's he's experiencing violent outbursts and she's like, I'll take my chances. And then now he says, I smell like poop. And she's like, I'll take my chances. And it's like, just, you know, Scully really said in sewage smell or violent outbursts, I'll still sit next to you. Aww. And like, that's love. That is love. Like he doesn't deserve her. I'll say it every episode. He doesn't. I know. So, um... He tells you know her. It. He tells her about the message from her FBI, from his FBI friend, and then she gives him the lab results on the fluke larvae. And turns out, this is human. It's a quasi vertebrate human that came out of radiation. And she goes, "Nature didn't make this thing. We did." And um, while this case is fucking nasty, I think that like these like realistic but kind of supernatural cases that like could happen are really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, not that I hope that there's a creature like that living in the sewers or the ocean, Me but either. just fuels my fear of the ocean. But speaking of Russia and speaking of um, radiation, <clears throat> here's a good thing if you want to watch. I watched this documentary, not documentary, just kind of like, um, what's what's it called? Like when it's just kind of like they film people living their lives and they interview them along the way. I guess documentary. A documentary, yeah. Um. <clears throat> about women these women who are still living inside of um inside of where that huge explosion happened at that plant um what was like the biggest like a uh a chemical plant no no a chemical plant exploded in russia oh i didn't know that oh my god yes you did it's it's um no you definitely it's like it was like do well in history no, no no but no but Chernobyl. So there's a documentary about these uh, women who live inside the zone where there is still radiation, where it's too high for anyone to live. The zone where they evacuated everyone when Chernobyl happened. There's a group of women who still live in, who still live there. They're all like in their seventies or eighties or not. They're older, mm-hmm. and they like they live there. And they eat the food that they grow in in the dirt. Are they? That's like riddled with radiation. Oh my god! And like I, it was. It's wild. Like it is wild. That's insane. Yeah, I would like, definitely link that. I want to watch it. Yeah, I'll I'll try to figure out um what it, what it, what it's called. But <gasps> wild. Yeah, women, man. Women, Jesus. Okay, so then, um. Cut to the sewer again, and the creature opens its eyes and is still alive, and they just, like, want us to look into its soul for a minute, and then that's the end. I wish I'd never seen that ending. I know. And that's the episode. What a whirlwind. I feel like I just ran a marathon. Seriously. And something I really struggled with in this episode, kind of in the last one, but it really came to me in this episode, which... I really want to get your thoughts on because like I think it it well I know it will come up more again but it's this like very female savior like female like heroine complex that they seem to give Scully 
which is like she has to set aside her work to help him um, pull him away from from like the from the edge yeah and then this whole thing of like a woman is the only thing that can save a man from himself like any thoughts on this i think i talk about it more in the next episode so maybe we bookmark that okay okay because i know because i have a i i literally just wrote idk 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 because i didn't want to get into it in this episode so maybe we plan Okay. to do that next episode it just excuses horrible behavior and puts it's totally. the same when we had the conversation about daddy issues it just puts male problems on a woman yeah and we'll bookmark the rest yeah oh, so infuriating um but that's the episode that is the episode <laughs> poopy episode <laughs> poopy do you want to have a jillian's corner let's do it can we sing yeah let's sing okay ready Jillian's corner. That was pretty insane. I love Jillian. Do you? Yeah. All right, hit me with it. Hit me with your best shot. Okay, so for this Jillian's corner, we have a spicy little nugget. Speaking of poop. Ew. We have a little nugget from an interview that Jillian did um, in 1998 <clears throat> for the Calgary Sun. Despite X-Files fame, Jillian Anderson longs to be a free agent. I don't know what the fuck that means. Okay. So this is in reference to her relationship with Rodney Rowland. That relationship ended recently and Anderson insists, quote, at the moment, it's just my daughter and I. Aww. A relationship takes much more energy and focus than I have to give right now. I certainly haven't given up on relationships. I want to have at least one more child. Piper is the most important grounding influence in my life. (laughs) She says relationships have become trickier because, quote, a lot of men are threatened by a woman who makes more money than they do and is more (laughs) famous. It's something I've learned. I have to discuss immediately or it's bound to impact the relationship men will always bring you down is what men i'm learning bring you down yeah truly because they think that your success is a personal slight against them because men view women as their possession so the second you start initiating and creating entities in your life that are solely yours that allow you to have your own autonomy like money mm-hmm. they view that as a deviation and a stance against their possession of you. Oh, go off. <gasps> that was so good. That, that was truly perfect. I have nothing else to add. And here's, here's the ticket. Jillian Anderson said herself that her daughter is what saved her mm. and what kept her so grounded. And what does that say? Women. Surround yourself with more women. Surround yourself yeah. with female friends surround yourself with women that you admire and yeah romanticize the fuck out of your platonic relationships it is the best thing you will ever do oh my god oh my god read that post wait did we talk about this last episode yeah we did but i can read it now because like it's always valid right maybe we'll read this every episode (laughs) maybe did i say that exact thing last episode probably no 
No. No, no, no. But also, Stevie, please say the fact that you told me over text the other day about about there's science behind the TikTok that you sent me. Oh yeah. So there's science. Oh fuck, what did she say exactly? There is there's science behind there's like studies done. There's actually science there's been studies done that show that women's female friendships are more impactful in their developmental years than the romantic relationships. Like astronomically more impactful. And that's not surprising at all. But um so like putting energy into your friendships is important f- just for you as a person because mm-hmm. they're more impactful on you than your romantic relationships. Yep. It's a different kind of intimacy and it's almost like I think friendships are beautiful because it's a it's intimacy that almost doesn't have any reward because it feels totally. like I mean I struggle with this with men where I'm like are you only nice because <clears throat> you want to fuck? And your friends <clears throat> totally are kind and support you because they love you and that's it. There's nothing that you could They're say. not expecting anything exactly. in return. And so it creates a different kind of intimacy and unconditional intimacy that's like you can't find anywhere else. That's just present and so unique. Yeah. Yep. I think that's beautiful. And I think people should put more work into their friendships. Absolutely. And so the thing that I sent Stevie um, said – um, kiss your friends' faces more. Destroy the belief that intimacy must be reserved for monogamous relationships. Be more loving. Embrace platonic intimacy. Embrace vulnerability. Use emotionality as a radical tactic against a society which teaches you that emotions are a sign of weakness. Tell more people you care about them. Hold their hands. Tell others you are proud of them. Other Offer support readily. Take care of the people around you. I love that so much. And what a beautiful note to end this wild episode on what a beautiful note to end this wild episode on seriously and once we started with that so you know what again you're getting this for free also support us at our support link we'll link it we didn't talk about that last episode so so maybe you aren't getting this for free so maybe if you feel guilty about getting this for free kick us a dollar a month literally just one 99 cents a month and we're so That's grateful what, to we have quite a few supporters now and i yeah. it really makes me like take the time to sit down and take notes and like do the work because i know totally. people that are listening and it's like hinging on something so thanks for lighting a fire under my ass and i'm so happy that you guys are enjoying this because this is like this is like therapy like this is so fun mm-hmm. it's such a fun here's outlet. a big smooch here's a big smooch from both of us <laughs> Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> And that's the episode. We'll see you next time on The The Sex Sex Files. Files. Thanks so much. Bye.